got to take your hands off this morning. I want to thank the Wide Open Band. Did the Wide Open Band do a great job this morning? Or Come on. Let's give the Wide Open Band a great big hand this morning. We're grateful to the Lord for what he's done in our church among the youth. We've had a great move of God over the last four or five years. The Wide Open Band, they play every Wednesday night. So that's a couple hundred young people that are gathered around in this community. We thank the Lord. <coughs> I am moved when I see what God has done in our midst. Grateful for you this morning. Thank you for being here. Isn't that wonderful? All right, so here, here we got a challenge. This room is almost completely full. And uh, we'll we'll have one or two options this morning. <laughs> we'll talk about that. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse number 26. John chapter 12, verse number 26. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? We have two passages of Scripture. Everyone say two. John chapter 12, verse number 26, and then we're going to turn over just a couple of pages to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 40 through 47, Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 47. I want to just mention last week, we just had an incredible week, a family fun day over at the Millennium Campus. We had record attendance. We gave over 600 hamburgers and hot dogs, and we just had a fun time with the kids and bounce out relay races and message and worship and just had an awesome time. And I'm just so grateful for what God is doing in our midst. Only God can do that. And the Bible says man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. I want you to know that I love you today. And it's because of you that are faithful to this local church and you give and that you tithe and that you pray. This ministry is able to touch and bring God's blessings to you. So this morning, so thank you for that today. <coughs> just need to mention that we're doing a new impress card. And uh, I wanted to just encourage you to participate. If you're a member, if you're a regular attender, will you fill out your card, the person next to you, maybe just to say they've been here just one time or two times, kind of helps to see, hey, everybody's doing this, and we're just going along with the flow. And we really want people to be connected. We really want people to experience the love of God that this family has for them. And so if you could do that, that would be a great, great help. Every week we just try to have some different questions on there for you to check off and fill out, but we really want to see you take something from it and, and apply to your life on a daily basis. And then <coughs> back by popular demand, back by popular demand, we felt the sense, we felt the cry of God's people, we heard the cry of God's people, and starting next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, our element ministry, our middle school ministry is going to begin at 9 o'clock right here on this campus down in the modules. Come on, let's give it up for our element ministry. And uh, so if you know a middle schooler, you are a middle schooler, we're going to have a service just for you. We're going to start off the middle schoolers singing some Christmas songs. And then after we do our announcements and offering and all that, we'll do some Christmas service. We're going to have Brandon Ashley come and stand right up here in the front. Will you stand? Let's come on, just stand up real quick. Just wave. Come on. This is, these are our middle school leaders, Brandon and Ashley, and they're not married yet. But they're working on that, and uh, Brandon's working on that anyway. And they're just a great couple. We're so honored. Uh, Brandon is, is a uh, junior down at Southeastern, working in ministry school and actually works over at City Group. So City Group dads just love them. God bless them. So let's give them a great big hand this morning. 
Amen. John chapter 12, beginning with verse number 1. The Bible says, The next day the great crowd that had come to the feast had heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Everywhere that Jesus went, he taught the message of the kingdom of God. Everywhere that Jesus went, he had a message for the people. Jerusalem was the epicenter of the religious world in Jesus' generation. And it's the epicenter of the religious world in this generation. The three primary monotheistic faiths of the world all have their epicenter in the city of Jerusalem. And all of them are waiting for the Messiah to return. All of them. Jews are waiting for the Messiah to come. Christians, we believe that Jesus, when he returns, he's going he's to come. And he's going to come to the eastern gates from the land of the Mount of Olives. He's going to split it wide open. The Bible says every eye will see. Every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Muslim world believes that Yeshua, our Messiah, their Messiah, is going to come to the city of Jerusalem. And as Jesus was teaching the kingdom, he began to teach them about the way to live, how to live the life of a true follower of God. Let's read verse number 26. Jesus said, whoever serves me must follow me. Everyone say, follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. The title of my message this morning is, I love following Jesus. I love following Jesus. Now turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Jesus teaches his disciples, explains to them what's going to happen. He has to die on the cross. On the third day, he'll, he'll raise from the dead. And he said, listen, guys, but listen, something else more powerful is going to happen. This spirit that you've received and empowerment has been for a few, but I'm going to do it for all people. So I want you to go to Jerusalem, the holy city, and I want you to wait for an empowerment on high. And while these 12 boys and a few others, maybe 120 or so, were gathered together, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God came. What you sense this morning, if you're new to church or you're new to this kind of environment of worship, what you sense when the young people were leading us in worship and we were taking communion, is the presence of the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. And as God's Holy Spirit filled them, these guys who were weak and powerless, who were cowards, who ran from Jesus, they were ashamed to be called Christians, something happened. They got a boldness. They got a fresh boldness. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse number 40. And the Bible says, and with many other words, speaking to Peter, he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Everyone say, my part. You got your part in this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. And everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Everyone say, everything. They had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all. Everyone say all. All the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word as we embrace him.
father was helping his daughter fill out an application for the university. As he was filling out the application, there was a question on the form that asked whether his daughter, the applicant, was a leader. He wrote, in all honesty, no, but she's a really good follower. The application was sent in, and four weeks later, a letter arrived in the mail notifying him that his daughter had been accepted. At the bottom of the page, the dean had written, since entering since the entering class of 500 has 499 leaders, we thought that there should be at least one follower. You know, there's a lot of people that want to be leaders, but the fact is not too many of us are really good followers. When I was 19 years of age, a couple of buddies of mine decided to take a road trip to Los Angeles, and I had been to Los Angeles many times as a kid, never drove there myself as an adult, but I knew how to get there. Tucson, Arizona, you just jump on I-10, and you just head due west. You go 600 miles due west, and there you land in Los Angeles. Well, I jumped on I-10, and somewhere around Phoenix, I took a wrong turn, and, and four hours later, I realized the next sign that I saw was Las Vegas. Slight problem. Problem was I didn't have a road map. I wasn't following the right instructions. God has a road map for every single one of us to become fully devoted followers of Christ. He has a road map. God has a plan for every single person to experience the abundant life. But we must become followers of Jesus. My big idea, you have it on your handout this morning. My big idea this morning is to be a follower of Jesus means I have a changed heart, a commitment to loving him, and a conviction to do the things that he's commanded me to do. A conviction to do the things that he's commanded me to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is looking for followers. And he's looking for people who are willing to do what he's commanded them to do. This morning, we can say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. But followers of Jesus do the kinds of things that Jesus did. This week, my wife and I were listening to a teaching, and this pastor was preaching, and he was talking about being a follower of Christ, talking about God's power being released in the church. He said, you know, the fact is today, heaven is our destination. If you're a believer today, heaven is your destination. But your assignment as a believer is to bring heaven to earth. Our assignment as a believer isn't just to make it to heaven. Our assignment as followers of Jesus is to bring heaven, the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, joy, and peace, is to bring it into our earthly reality. And that really is the crux. That really is the challenge. See, most people that come into a church and they hear a message and they say, yes, I receive that. They feel the presence. They feel her breathing good. They want to know, but how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I really become a follower of Jesus. From the very beginning of this church, we've always had some kind of process or plan for people to become disciples of Christ. Now, it's not the end all, because the fact is today, you grow in your discipleship and your relationship with Christ by having a relationship with Jesus. You grow in, as a follower of Jesus by having a personal relationship with Him. People teach, but the Holy Spirit is the one who builds. The Holy Spirit is the one who changes us. He's the one who breaks the bondage. A couple of years ago, we used to do a different process. A couple of years ago, we came up with a process the city says do called the Connect Four. The Connect Four started up coming. It's called the Connect Four. 
The next four apostles is really simple. Every believer at City Church, not only every believer, last night there was a couple, my wife and I and another couple, we went down to the barn. Anybody ever been to the barn before? Don't raise your hand. Uh, got you. <laughs> we went to the barn last night to invite people to church. The barn is the largest bar in the city. And, uh, you know, there's Chinese stuff going in. And I got to tell you, there was a little bit of apprehension inside of me. It's not something I normally do, pay $7 at the door on ladies' night so my wife can get in free. And we went in, and we, we started to engage in a couple of, with a couple of people and inviting them to church and asking if we could pray for them. And I realized at that very moment what God created me to do. God created me to share his love with everybody. I left there. I was so excited. I said, I can't wait till next Sunday night to go back to the barn. Now, I have a different mission. When I was 19, I would have went to the bar for another mission. But last night, I went to the barn to share the love of God. Realize in that moment, that's something that Jesus would have done. When I began to engage the bartender last night and asked her about her life and talked about working there, I realized that's exactly what Jesus would have done. He did something inside of me, and it changes me in the way that I see out there. Not everyone's an exception. Not everyone wants to meet people. Matter of fact, someone cursed us out really good. They told us everything they thought about Christianity and about God for about 30 seconds or less. And none of the words that you hear this morning. But we have apostles here. I'm going to talk about the apostles this morning, what it is to be a member, what it is to, to uh, go to the class, what it is to be part of a small group and engage in serving in our local churches. In our pursuit to become followers of Christ, there are three things that will affect your destiny more than anything else, for the positive and for the negative. There are three things that will affect your destiny of being a follower of Christ more than anything else. The people you hang out with, the places that you go, and the playthings that you use for your recreational and other activities. Three things. For the positive, you hang around a, a group of healthy, happy, holy, faith-filled, fun-loving, born-again believers, and guess what? That's going to rub off on you. That's going to get into your spirit. But if you hang around people that are sour and negative and angry and mean all the time, guess what? That will rub off on you. The people you hang out with have more impact on your destiny than what you think. The, pla the places that you go, the kinds of environments that you put yourself in. Why do you do what you do? Why do you go where you go? The things that you allow to come into your life, your recreation, your entertainment, those three things will affect you more than anything else. You see, as a follower of Jesus this morning, I want to talk to you about four ways that we can become fully devoted followers of Jesus. The first one, the first thing that happens as a follower of Jesus is that we become a member of God's family. Everyone say member. We become a member of of God's family. I don't know about you, but being a member, I'm going to talk about this because I just love this whole thought and idea. I love, I'm so glad that I'm a member of God's family. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 219. It says, you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family. You are a member of God's very own family. I don't know about you, but the moment I read that, moment I thought about, I mean, to be part of the family of God, that no longer I'm a stranger to God, 
that man last night that got really angry at Doug and was telling him what he thought about Christianity, he's a stranger to God. If he really knew how much God loves him, he would have never said those things. If he really knew the price that Christ paid just for him, see, he can become a member of God's family, but he just doesn't know it. You see, we are citizens of God's country, and we belong to God's household with every other follower of Jesus or every other Christian. As a follower of Jesus today, the first thing that you got to know is that you have been given eternal life. You will live forever. The fact is everyone's going to live forever. It's just whether or not you spend eternity in smoking or non-smoking. You're going to live forever. Everybody. But when you become part of God's family, you will live forever with him. I mean, everyone say forever. That's why Jesus said, listen, when someone dies who's a believer, don't be sad, guys. I mean, you got, you're going to go the, you're going to go the same way. And guess what? You're going to be with them forever and ever because you have eternal life. We call it being born again. We call it being born again. It's a born again relationship with Jesus. I mean, your heart's changed. You're a brand new person. The second thing that happens is that you've been given, you've been given special rights and privileges. You've been given special, now I can just stand up and shout and run around the building because I want you to know today the rights and the privileges of being a child of God are awesome. They are incredible. Paul the Apostle said, because of Christ, our faith in him, we can now come fiercely into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome. As a child of God, we have access into his very presence. One translation says, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We have access into the very presence of God. The story told about John F. K. when he was president and his little son was about three or four years of age. You know, he was in high level, important meetings and all kinds of things were happening around the world. And the crisis with Cuba was exploding and the tensions between Russia and the United States were growing. And we are in the threat of nuclear war. His little boy, four years old, just ran into a a meeting of a, a very strategic, high level presidential cabinet meeting. And he just ran into the to the room and he began to, you know, play around his dad and jump on his dad and everything stopped. John F. Kennedy said he just stopped, and for just a few moments, he just played with this boy. And, you know, the fact is there's no one else in the world that could have stopped that meeting but a little four-year-old boy that knew that he had access to his father anytime. You see, today you are a child of God, and you have access into his very presence. And let me tell you, every time you begin to understand that reality, you know that you can talk to him any place, anytime, anywhere, when you're going down the road, when you're at work, when you're lying on your bed, when you're eating your dinner, when you're sitting in a restaurant, when you're, when you're, when you're pulled over on the side of the road with gum, gumball bubble machines going out behind you, no matter where you are, you have access. You have access into the very presence of God. You have the assurance. You have the assurance today of the forgiveness of your sins and his unconditional love. You have assurance today. Assurance in your heart. Every time, First John says that when we confess our sins, he's so faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us. I love what Pete said when he was talking about his father. Ah, because of Jesus' sins. And he's so enduring good. 
I mean, most of us in this room, we have a little concept called boundaries. Almost every, we have some kind of boundaries. If someone does us wrong once, you know, we're telling you twice, three times, forget about it. Access into my presence, you've got to be kidding me. That's why you're not God. <laughs> He's God all by himself. The Bible says he will be with us to the very end. The promise of God is he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. I will be with you to the very end. That's the wonderful part of being a member, part of God's family. And I, we have our membership classes. We don't call them classes. We call them a membership seminar because people kept getting confused between membership classes and that. It's a membership seminar. And in here, we just talk about the journey. We talk about the vision and the values of City Church, where God has brought us from and where we believe God is going and how you can be a part of that. Today, there are a lot of believers in the world who aren't a member of a local body. They're not part of a local church. The fact is today, a Christian without a church family is not a member of a local body of Christ. You know what they're called? There's a whole lot of orphans out there. There's a whole lot of people that are disconnected from the family and the per- people of God. If you access the today, if you haven't become a member of this local church, we invite you to come to our home. We'll draw your card at the very end. You can check it off or on the way out. You can sign up to be. The second thing that I want you to see this morning as a follower of Christ is that you choose to be a disciplined one. Everyone say discipline. I don't know about you. Discipline is like a four-letter word to me a lot of times. Like discipline, I remember as a kid when my mom would say her one threat that would just just about stop me from, from doing anything was, "I'm going to tell your, I'm going to tell your." Oh my goodness, that that thought of my dad pulling his belt out and laying it across that round bottom, stacking it like beetroot, just sent shivers up and down my spine. Discipline. Think about it. If you have a problem with overeating and you're overweight and you make a vow, I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to change my diet, and all of a sudden you walk into a grocery store and you go to a restaurant and you go to this place called Four Rivers and they've got these pastries that are just like incredible and they smell. And oh, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Come on, discipline is everything. No matter if it's turning the television off or starting an exercise program or reading your Bible spiritual things, it requires discipline. It requires a choice on your part. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny. Everyone say deny. You've got to circle that word because it's a word that, man, it's, that, it opposes everything that's within your natural person. Your natural person wants to do what you want to do. You want to feel good when you want to feel good. You want to do whatever it's going to take to feel good. And, and to deny yourself and to follow Christ we actually use the concept of picking up the cross and following him. The follower of Jesus, the follower of Christ today, is one who disciplines, disciplines himself by the words of God. We discipline themselves by the words of God. The Bible is our textbook here at City Church. We make no apologies for it. We declare the word. We preach the word. With all of our heart, we endeavor to live the word. But it's the words of God. See, Jesus, we try to live by lots of things. We try to live by feelings. We try to live by a little praise set. We try to live by emotions. We try to live by the love we get from our, from our husbands or from our parents or from our children. But those things will never satisfy. 
Jesus said, a man does not live by bread or the things that satisfy in this earthly life. But man lives by God's bread, by God's word alone. We live by the word of God. A disciplined one or a disciple of Christ is one who loves the word, who desires to learn the word, and the outcome of their life is that they will live the word. See, God has a will for your life. God has a will for every single person. And the way that you discover God's will for your life is through this word. It's the roadmap to your life. There's not another plan. There's not plan B. Paul the Apostle told Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved, a workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. This takes discipline. This takes personal responsibility. But here's the challenge. Most people come to church, and we talk about reading the Bible, and you're sitting there thinking, well, how in the world, do I, where do I start? Where do I start? What is the will of God for my life? How do I know that? How do I know what God's will is for my life? When you choose to follow Jesus, the next step of your life is to get water on the brain. You know what we call that? What do we call that? Water baptism. If you've been a Christian, if you've accepted Christ, but you've never been water baptized, you've never taken the very next step of being a disciple. That means to get to be immersed in water was the command of Christ. It was the command of Jesus. Go ye therefore and to make disciples and baptize them or immerse them in water. I mean, all these things that we talk about as believers is the will of God for every person's life. Be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You want Him in your life on a daily basis. You want to be filled with that Spirit. We call that the baptism or the immersion of the Holy Spirit. We want to live a life that honors the name of Christ. We call this being born again. We want to study the Scriptures. We want to know the Bible. We call this Bible study. We want to choose to forego, forego food and other luxuries for a period of time to train and refocus our spiritual antennas and to get our spiritual equilibrium on the right plane. We call this fasting. Sharing our faith with other people. Sharing our faith with other people. We call this witnessing. We choose to live a life of generosity and give of our tithe and our offerings and to support people in their time of need. We call this giving of our tithe and offerings. Tonight, or this morning, we actually have the second part of our process called the class. It started at 10.30. If you've never been to the class, I challenge you today. In the class, we talk about these basic fundamentals, the will of God for your life. The third thing this morning is as a follower of Jesus, I will make being part of a small group my top priority. All the believers were together. All the believers were together. And this is something that we don't do in our culture. This is something that we did in biblical times because they had to. I mean, we live, I, I live six miles or seven miles from this local church. Seven miles. And seven miles is a complete different world away. You could go seven miles from this spot, and you could be in many different parts of this community. I mean, in seven miles, ten miles, you could be in another county. That's in less than ten miles. You could be across from St. John's, and you're in Volusia. In biblical times, it wasn't that way. I mean, from Bethany to Jerusalem was two miles. Two miles. They lived. They all, everywhere they went, they had to walk, and so they lived in close proximity. And so the Bible says that every day they went to the temple, and they went from house to house. Can you imagine if it was 
the normal thing for you to go to this place every single day in America? Oh, no, wait, you're a Baptist. You're not really Baptist. All you do is go to church, 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 church. Everybody thinks you're crazy. And that's exactly what they thought about these people. And then not only did they go to church together, they went to one another's homes and they began to break bread and have meals. I mean, they just basically hung out together all day long. Now, when did they work? I don't know. I always read it. When in the world did they work? Well, somehow they squeezed work in there. Made a priority of being with other believers, being with other believers. Who do you meet out in a small group? Who do you hang out with? The places you go and the priorities that you put on your plate that you can determine your eternal destiny probably more than anything else in this life. Learn to sit with together. Learn to sit together. Learn to pray together. Learn to share with one another. All these things took place in the context of the temple, of the church, and the house of God. That's what you learn from this story. Honor them. Honor them. Let me read the closing lines of the book. Let's be honest real quick. How many of you have never really been taught like the books of the Bible? You've never really been taught the books of the Bible. Just raise your hand. You've never been taught the books of the Bible. If I was to stand, if I was to stand here with a gun and say, quote, Genesis to Revelation, Genesis to Exodus, tell me all the books of the Bible, you tell me you could do it. How many, just raise your hand real quick. You could quote all the books of the Bible. How many of you could not quote all the books of the Bible? Just everybody keep your eyes closed. How many of you do not know what what testament of the Bible, the book of Zephaniah is? You don't really know. Okay? Here's the challenge that we have in our culture today. We talk about reading the Word, really being taught the Word. Then the, the challenge for most people, the Bible, I mean, this Bible is in small print, but, man, I got a big family Bible in my office. It's that thick. It's like 1,600 books. It's written by 40 people over a period of 1,500 or 2,000 years. People are living in different cultures, different generations, different day, different times. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in the Bible that are hard for me to wrap my brain around. There's a lot of, hard, there's a lot of books out there called the hard sayings of the Bible. Jesus said some really hard things, and he showed it to the apostles, and he showed it to the prophets. The fact is, most of the hard places in the Bible, we just do this real quick. We just kind of, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> you get over to the book of Proverbs. Oh, I love the Psalms. Ooh, that's good. We're going to spend six weeks together, starting February 12th. We're going to learn the Bible. And we're going to do it here in Sunday morning. We'll look at the book of Psalms together. Then we're going to go from house to house. We're going to meet at home, and uh, we're going to discover God's Word. And we're going to learn to love the Bible. We're going to learn what the Bible actually says. We're going to learn how to apply the Bible to our lives and how to live it. And I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this morning. This whole opportunity that we have, we're not the only ones that are doing this. As a matter of fact, there are over 4,500 churches in America right now. 4,500 churches that are on this same journey. We're calling it I Love My Bible campaign, 40 Days in the Word. But we're going to spend 40 days learning about the inspiration of Scripture, who the Scriptures were written by, how they apply to my life. How do I, how do I feed myself? How do I really feed myself with God's Word? Because it's the thing that will change your life. It's the reality that will change your life. As we seek to know God's Word this morning, as we seek to know the Word of God, there's one thing that's going to stand out in our lives. There's going to be this fire that's going to be relit. It's going to be relit. 
There's going to be a fresh, renewed desire to do this as a follower of Jesus who has committed our lives to serving others. That's what happens. If there's not really a desire, there's not a hunger, there's not really a difference to make a difference in other people's lives, then we're not really following Jesus. Because that was the assignment that the Father gave the Master. The assignment that the Father in Heaven gave to Jesus was to preach, to teach, to heal, and to do good all, good, to do good to all. Yet he declared that the kingdom of Heaven was at hand. Look at your role. Serving others. Serving others. Well, I'm weak. You only do what, knew what I did last week and I screwed up so bad. So what? That's behind you. Put that behind you. Come on. Every single person, Jessica, that God used in the Bible, none of them felt adequate. None of them felt adequate. Moses killed a man. I mean, think about it. I've never murdered anybody. Now, maybe I had a thought or two, but I've never actually killed anybody. I mean, Moses actually killed a man. And God says, listen, I want you to go and lead my people out of Egypt. Oh, God, you don't know. Look what I did. I'm no good. I can't do it. God comes to Deborah. She's a, she's a mighty woman of God, and she loves God. And God comes to her and says, I want you to go down there and keep the Gibeonites in the cell and throw the Jebusites out of the city. I want you to lead my people of Israel into victory. Oh, God, I'm a woman. I can't be used of you. I mean, all kinds of excuses that we make. I'm not good enough. I don't know anything. I don't understand. Those are the kind of excuses that we we don't feel like that. All of us do something because all of us have been gifted by God. Every person here has a spiritual gift. You see, this morning God created you with a gift and an ability to do something, to serve. Some of you haven't discovered it yet. That's why you need to go to the class. That's why you need to go to the class and discover what your spiritual gift is. This morning, we best demonstrate that we're followers of Christ when we do the things that Jesus did. When we do the things. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, I where my where I where my servant is, my father will honor him who serves me. My father will honor him who serves me. I've asked one of the women in our church to come this morning and share with us how her serving Jesus has made a difference in her life. How her serving Jesus has made a difference in her life and the life of this local church. Her name is Teddy Sauber, and she's got a story to tell. And so right now, I'd like to re- welcome Teddy Sauber to the City Church platform. Can we welcome Teddy this morning? Welcome, Teddy. Stephen bought a cleaning spray in here. It's amazing. This is your friend, and she loves you. Well, Teddy, tell us. Who you're married to? Okay, just get that right in front of you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're the best. Roger, God bless you. I remember the first day you walked in here. Some great things that God's done in your life. It's been awesome. Tell us a little bit about your family. I mean, tell us about your where you're at today. Can you guys just turn it up just a little bit back there? been on a journey. How long have you been a follower of Jesus? Like a little 
Venezuela. Venezuela. And you've been attending Trinity Church how long? Uh, four years. Four years. And can you tell us about your area of ministry that you're involved in? Um, we do donuts. That's what we do. You're the donut girl. Come we on, have it. Come on. Oh man, you're the most popular person in the room. Everybody, yeah, donuts. I guess I heard we have to increase our donut supply here at this campus. I know why this campus is growing, man. Donuts. Coffee. We do coffee. What time, yeah. you, guys, what time you guys have um, About 15 till 7. So we okay, make. Okay, did you hear that? Wait a second. They got here. What time? About about 15 till 7. 15. And what time did you get here today? <clears throat> okay, so what was she doing today? She was what? Okay, she could do what? Be a blessing. Okay. She got here. Mm-hmm. And what time did you guys start the coffee? Roger starts the coffee. No, the donuts are delivered, and then my husband starts the coffee, and I get your donuts, and they come all different in a box, but I want it to be easy for you to pick your favorite kind, so I separate them all into the same kind, so when you walk up to your table, all the glaze are together, and all the jelly are together, so so it's like that. You know, if a guy did it, if we went to a men's meeting, you know how they would show up? (laughs) That'd be big, especially, hey, go ahead, there's a donut out there if you want one. Hope it fits in your mouth. <laughs> but no, she has the gift, the spiritual gift of hospitality. To make the way to make when people come for the first time, make them feel welcome, welcome, feel warm. And she has the gift of something Teddy Roger has been enabled by the Holy Spirit to do for you. So thank you. What what impact has made on your life so far? What's happened to you? You know, I was trying to think, you know when you go like for Thanksgiving or Christmas and and grandmother maybe makes the apple pie, but it's not the apple pie as grandmother makes it, and that makes it special. So you're all together with your family, and you're eating this pie, and for our family, it's fudge. Roger and I do the fudge, and our fudge is okay, but it's not the be-all to end-all fudge. <laughs> but it's Uncle Roger and Aunt Teddy make it. Okay. Well, if we are the sons and daughters of the Most High, and we are, and that makes us the brothers and sisters. And so that's my way of, believe it or not, loving you, is being able to open up a table, and mine is the donut. And so when I set those out, I think of you, and I think I'm going to share coffee and a donut with you in a few minutes to laugh with you or smile with you or pray with you and me cry with you because that's easy for me, but that's my way of being your sister in giving. Something as simple as a donut. Tell me about the impact that you've seen on your family. Tell me what you see out there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Sometimes I go and just sit and watch you and you all talk, and it just melts my heart because, like I said, we're a family. And sometimes in our own families on Thanksgiving, I just go and I sit and I just listen. And there's nothing more sweeter than listening to you fellowship together and and share each other's victories and share each other's sorrows and just share something simple like what you did for the week or or what you're going to do. And so it's just, it's, and then watching the children around your feet playing and it's just priceless. Kind of like a a family. We are, yes. Together. I mean, it went from house to house, from door to door. I was, I was able to make a few deposits out there. 
Actually, Madam Clerk, and Brother Edwin, I'm so honored to have the privilege of being here. It takes every member of the body of Christ, every person here has a unique gift. And if you're not using the gift of God, the gift of you, then this church family is missing out. There's something about what God wired and created you to do. And if you're not sharing it with the other members of the family, not only is the body of Christ robbed, not only your brother and sister robbed, but you're robbing yourself in the greatest way. Because I can tell you, I've been good blessed to go to Corruption for 10 plus years. I want to tell you to stand just for a moment. I want you to take that card. And thinking that, we're going to do several things in this message. I just felt today we're going to do some things that are completely different. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to challenge you. A fully devoted follower of Jesus. If you haven't become a member of a local church, if you're not a member of this local church, if you want to find out more about what that means, one of our membership center has been on the back of there. You can check off the membership center. It's 6 p.m. If you haven't been a part of the body, I want you to take just a moment and I want you to check off the box and say, I'd like to find out more about what that is and how to grow my relationship with that. If you've never been water baptized, the 12th of February, we're going to have a water baptism service. But beginning that week, the week of the 12th, I want to invite you, invite you to step out. We're going to be joining, like I said, 4,500, at least 4,500 Christians across America that are going to be going through studying the Bible. How to study the Bible. We're going to learn to love the Bible. We're going to learn the Bible, love the Bible, and learn to live the Bible. And this morning, what I'm looking for is people that either want to participate in that or to be a host. To be a host, you don't have to know anything about the Bible. You can say, I've been to Plug a DVD in. You can do it at the YMCA. You can do it at your home. You can do it at your job. You can do it on a laptop at Starbucks. I don't care where you do it. You can do it anywhere. I need some people who are willing just to kind of step outside of their comfort zone and make themselves available to be a host. Because I guarantee you, if you talk to most people about the Bible, they'll say, you and then they, they'll know a couple of things, but maybe all these other things, and they have no idea. And then you just love it there. As a church family, we're going to go on a journey together together. For six weeks, we're going to study the Bible. We're going to learn how to study the Bible. And we're going to learn how to live the Bible. So that's something you're interested in. I, hopefully everybody would like to be a part of this. All of our small groups are going to focus around this. I want you to just check off a box. I want you to check off a box. Just remember this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. I'll read that up on the screen for you. We're going to stand together this morning. I want you to just check that card off. Our closing altar call this morning. Hopefully everyone's checked off some box on there. Part of the Bible study. Some other part of this local church that you haven't been having experience yet. Hopefully every church has checked something off. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to stand together across this room right now. We have this connection card. And our altar call is going to be, I'm going to ask you to come forward. This is just a sign of commitment. It's a sign. The difference between being an attender and a fully functioning member of the body of Christ is one word. The difference between being an attender and being a member of the body of Christ one word. You know what that word is? Commit. Commit. So you're coming forward today. By the grace of God, you say, you know what? I'm beginning this journey. A fresh journey. A renewed journey. Maybe God's on all this. Well, there's, there's always room for us to grow. Every person I'm going to ask you to come forward and put your little card right in the box. As the worship team is singing, after you've done that, you'll be dismissed. God bless you. I want to thank you for coming this morning.
7 o'clock Wednesday night, we're going to join together as a church family together to learn about God and the worship team. And the worship team begins to sing. Maybe submit with your heart. I'd like you to come and give your heart. Mm-hmm.